You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking during this session about the law of continuance, and this is the third episode in that. Uh, The scriptures lay out a platform for this law of continuance in the story of David, and uh, you see that David's faith was based upon not what happened on the battlefield with Goliath. If he hadn't worked on faith Till then, he would never have been able to do what he did. His faith was already ready to go before he ever got to that battlefield. You know, one of the things I heard years ago, I would like to be able to say I coined this. I say it so much, a lot of people say that I uh, coined it, and I didn't. I forget where I heard it. You never rise to the occasion, and that's a myth. People don't rise to the occasion. You fall to the level of your preparation. And that's what David did on the Valley of Elah. He fell to the level of his preparation. He had been fighting lions, bears, and so when Goliath came along, he was already in the mode of fighting things that were bigger and more powerful than he was and things that would make ordinary people deathly afraid. He had no problem with that because he was exercised in that. So this is the law of continuance. And every hero of faith in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, had a word from God to build their faith. Now, I know that there are some people in that faith hall of fame in Hebrews 11 who did not receive a deliverance, but they did receive an amazing grace to suffer in their martyrdoms and to experience their sufferings. Uh, We see this in the life of Stephen. He was amazingly graceful. And it was his grace and peace that pricked the conscience of a young man named Saul of Tarsus, gave the Lord something to work with to reach this man. So when Jesus later appeared to Saul and said, is it hard for you to kick against the pricks, meaning that he had uh, issues of conscience even before? Where did that begin? I have to believe that it started with Stephen, with what he saw in Stephen because there was something different about Stephen. Another thing about Stephen is Paul, I think, saw someone who was similar to him in that Stephen had amazing wisdom. Uh, The Bible says they couldn't resist the wisdom by which Stephen spake. And that was pretty much the way it was with Paul. So here was an educated young man. The the other disciples were not known for being educated. Their enemies took note of them that they were ignorant and unlearned men, but they'd been with Jesus. But Stephen couldn't be put in that category. He was brilliantly educated. And so he knew how to share his argument. Uh, Paul was touched by that. So this is continuance, and you see this continuance. 90% of the heroes of faith had a positive outcome because they had a positive word from God to lead them to that outcome. And so that's where all faith is begun. It begins with something that God has quickened to your heart. David's faith was based upon that. I think that David realized when he stood on the battlefield that he was a part of a much bigger conflict. You know, one of the, the things that the devil uses 
to discourage the people of God when a trial comes is people ask this question, why is this happening to me? And they personalize this thing that has come against them. Why did I get diagnosed with cancer? Why did I have this attack on my finances? Why did I have this thing come up in my family? Why? Let me tell you why. It's because you look like God. You're created in the image and the likeness of God. Satan can't hit God, so he comes against you. And so it's important to know that we should not personalize these things. We realize this is just the enemy. It's what he does. And uh, we're not alone. Listen to 1 Peter 4.12 NIV. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Uh, I'm going to read it from 26 translations now. I beg you not to be unduly alarmed at the fiery trials that you are passing through. Keep those two words in mind, passing through. You, you, you're not in a trial forever. Uh, it's a passing through. To test you as though this was some abnormal experience. And that's what happens with a lot of people. They come up against hardship and an attack, and they think, wow, there has to be something wrong here. If it was from God, if we were walking with God, everything would be smooth. God doesn't send trials. But there are times He gives you an assignment, and when you go after the assignment, Satan tries to get in your way. This gives you an opportunity to trust God and to see your way through. Uh, James chapter 2 says this, Count it all joy when you enter into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. In other words, you're going to have a good outcome. So that's what we're called to. Now David had a platform for his faith. In other words, there was something solid that he could stand on to go and fight with Goliath. And I look at it, and I see five different platforms that David would have had to stand against the giant, any one of which would have been enough to kill Goliath. Any one of them would have been enough to know how to have faith and that God's blessing was on him and not on Goliath. So here's the first one. Goliath was not really a Philistine. He was a Philistine culturally, but not genetically. Goliath was a giant, which means he was of the Rephaim. Now, there is controversy about this. I do believe that fallen angels changed their form and that they were able to interbreed with human women and they created races of giants to oppose the kingdom of God. Now, don't send me a bunch of emails and argue with me. My mind's made up on this, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a, neither a here nor there in the long run. But, but here's what is important. There is no mistake that any of the giants were called Rephaim. Goliath was technically a Rephaim. And the Rephaim have no resurrection uh, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto your seed have I given this land and the Rephaim. So the Rephaim land belonged to the children of Israel. Isaiah 26, 14, King James Version. They are deceased. Who is deceased? The Rephaim. They are dead. They are Rephaim. They shall not rise. In other words, they're no different than a beast. And so it's, it, it's uh, important here to understand that David's first two fights were not with human beings. They were with beasts 
who have no resurrection. The lion didn't have a resurrection. The bear didn't have a resurrection. So it's only fitting that his third fight is with someone who will never be raised from the dead. When he's dead, he's over. That's it. He does not get bodily raised, even to be cast into hell. He's done, and that's Goliath. And so he has no resurrection. That's found in Isaiah 26, 14. And the word deceased there is really a proper name, and it is the word Rephaim. Goliath was a trespasser. Listen to this, 1 Samuel 17, 1. Now the Philistines gathered their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shoko, which belongs to Judah. Plain as day. This is land that belongs to Judah. Third, the Philistines were covenant breakers. I want to read Genesis chapter 21, verses 22, 23, 24. Listen to this. It came to pass that at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the chief captain of his army, spoke to Abraham saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear unto me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I've done to you, you shall do unto me and to the land wherein you have sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. So when you come into the story of Joshua and all of the promises God made to drive out the enemies of the land, guess who's not on the list? Philistines. Why is that? It's because God had Abraham swear that he would not destroy Abimelech. It was only when the Philistines came at Israel and continually broke that covenant, and they were the ones who started it, they got in trouble. The Philistines were covenant breakers. Number four, Goliath cursed the seed of Abraham. Listen to Genesis 12, 3. I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And so when Goliath began to curse the armies of Israel, he was violating a, a promise that God had made to Abraham. On that basis alone, if that's the only thing that he did, he was still in trouble. And then number five, Goliath had no covenant with God. 1 Samuel 17, verse 26 Here's what David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? There's a reason he uses that term. Circumcised people had a covenant, uncircumcised people did not. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? This is not a racial statement. This is this man is challenging us concerning covenant things, but he himself has no covenant, therefore we have no fear of him. And uh, this also tells me that David saw the bigger picture. Uh, the covenant was not something that he started. This was not a personal thing with him and Goliath. It was something that God had stated hundreds and hundreds of years before. The covenant had been set in motion. So David was standing on a very old promise and a very strong legal and spiritual argument. So having said all of these things, I want to point this out, that confidence is not self-generated. Some people are very confident people just on their own, but I've seen very confident people humbled by the circumstances of life. Our confidence in God comes from promises that He has made. If you will have that kind of confidence in your life, then you're going to have to familiarize yourself with God's promises. On my desk here, I clean them off in order that I might 
tape these shows. But do you know that I keep in front of me all the time little note cards, little five-by-seven note cards, where I have written scriptures and promises, and there will be some that I'll stay on for a season time until I memorize those things. And I continually bring those things before my eyes and say those things. I don't do it enough. I need to do it even more than I am doing it. But I'm telling you, that's where my faith comes from. It's not self-generated. And your faith is not self-generated. It comes from what God has said. So it's encouraging to know that David had five platforms of faith. It wasn't something he just decided to do on his own. And so you standing in faith is not just something you decide to do on your own. It's something that you carefully build with the promises of God. You can have greater faith tomorrow than you have today if you will begin to dig into those promises. All the time we have for today, but we're certainly not done with this subject. I'll be back here tomorrow. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.